Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Mike Hurley. He is the CEO and co-founder of WarmUp. He has been in the SaaS business for six years and in sales for over a decade. He previously worked for Developer Town as an engagement manager and associate partner. He has been at Fretless for the last three years where he has been responsible for over 60% of the revenue to build and sustain that business. Hey, Hurley, or I should say Mike, how's it going? Hey, Sean, how's it going? It's pretty good, man. It's been a busy week, but you know what? It's always a joy at the end of the week to get an interview, uh, one of my colleagues, and I could say friend now, uh, to talk about his business. So the biggest thing is, is I want to know, why did you start Warm Up and what is Warm Up? Great. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy to be here. So uh, I started Warm Up for a variety of reasons. Uh, First and foremost, uh, because I've been in sales for, for nearly a decade, I wanted to make it easier for sales reps to ask their customer base uh, for referrals. And uh, I wanted to make it easy for uh, their customers to make referrals for them. A couple of other reasons, I wanted all of my referral activity, whether I was asking for referrals or I was receiving referrals, I really wanted that to just automatically uh, be in my CRM to to show up in Salesforce for me uh, so that my sales manager could see how many referrals I was asking for how many I was actually receiving, and then we could track those uh, to close. Uh, so I wanted to save myself some time. Uh, so it was really a solution that I that I kind of built for uh, myself to get started. Uh, but I also wanted, I had a deep desire to help sales reps because I know that customer referrals uh, represents a lot of low-hanging fruit that um, can sometimes quickly and easily close new deals for you. Interesting. So... You know, I, I want to know, um, you know, you're a sales guy, I'm a marketing guy. Um, how does this tech um, build not only a better referral stream for sales, but also a better referral stream for marketing too, because they kind of go hand in hand? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, activating activating the customer base is kind of a, it's a joint venture between uh, marketing and sales uh, for a lot of our customers. So you know, sales professionals today are doing a lot of marketing type of activities. So the way warm-up works essentially is that we're helping you uh, execute a email campaign that is asking your customer base if they'd be willing to make referrals for you. And if they respond yes, that they'd like to do that thing, uh, we're sending them a second email automatically that gives them a referral template that they can use to make referrals for your sales team. So the way I like to talk about it is... It's going to make uh, marketing look good because it's helping hit some of those uh, warm lead metrics. Uh, They're generating lots of leads for the sales team. And for the sales team, it makes them feel good because they're getting email introductions in their inbox for every warm lead that a customer generates or provides. I like that aspect of it. So when I was testing out the uh, the software, and I know that you've had a few iterations since then, um, the one thing that got me um, the most was the messaging. Um, in those emails. And I know that you've been, you know, trying to perfect that messaging, um, especially for, for sales and marketing alike, you know, you know, what message messaging should marketing and sales alike say when asking for referrals? Yeah. So what, what I constantly find that we're doing a lot for folks is reminding them that their customers are not in the business of, uh, selling, uh, your product or service to their friends or colleagues. So we are constantly encouraging uh, our users at warm up to craft their messaging in a way so that it sounds casual and there's not a lot of sales or marketing language 
you want to give your customer a short 30-second commercial about what it is that you do, right? So they can share that with their friend or colleague. But really, it just needs to be just a couple of sentences. Uh, say something nice to the effect of, you know, we love working with these folks. We've gotten a lot of value out of their product or service. You know, would you be open uh, to talking with them about that thing? And, uh, and that's it. Uh, so great messaging, like all good messaging, kind of ends with a call to action. Uh, and in the case of referrals, it really needs to be short and casual. I like that. And, I, and I've learned a lot of sales tactics from you. And I think you're my first sales guy on this, on this podcast. I'm proud to be the first one. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're my first guinea pig. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> nice. But um, I've, I've kind of learned some things of, um, you know, why, how, and when, you know, should sales professionals ask for referrals? And I want your take on that, of you know, the why and the how and the when, going from a sales perspective. Okay. Yeah. So for a long time, uh, asking for referrals and, and referrals in general have been seen as a function of marketing. And because I'm a sales professional, I don't have a lot of background on how marketing has done this thing. But in my own career and what we've been teaching people at Warm Up is that if you have a customer base, and that sales team is responsible for growing that customer base and interacting with that customer base, then they would be wanting to ask them for referrals at least twice a year. Uh, Warmup does something kind of interesting. We, ca- we capture who is willing to make referrals for you out of, out of your customer base. And so you certainly, the first time you do it, you kind of ask everyone, right? And what we're seeing is that the second time around, or the third time around, sometimes our customers, our warm-up users, uh, prefer to kind of go back and only ask the people who said yes the first time, and that's totally okay. Uh, but certainly we recommend that people ask their customer base at least twice a year for referrals. Uh, and the second place that we suggest they ask for referrals is at the end of the sales cycle. So with warm-up, because we integrate with Salesforce, uh, what we're able to do uh, and what we're working on right now actually for this thing is to help sales reps by reminding them at the end of their sales cycle, uh, we will say something to the effect of, hey, we can see that you just closed the deal, uh, whether you won that deal or you lost it, you know, do you want to ask this customer for a referral? Uh, so the, the second place that I recommend sales reps uh, ask for referrals would be at the end of their sales process because Naturally, if they've just bought a product or service for, from you, you can say, hey, are you happy you did that thing? And they'll say, yeah, sure, of course I am. And then you could say, okay, great. Who else do you know that might benefit from that product or service? And you know, if they didn't, if they said no, if you got to the end of the sales process, hopefully they really respected the time and the effort that you put in and maybe they even got something out of that process, even if they didn't buy from you. Uh, and, and I've experienced this personally. Sometimes people want to help you, even if they had to say no to you because you know, perhaps the decision was a little bit out of their hands, right? Maybe the budget wasn't there that quarter or something of that nature, but you're really leaving a lot of uh, opportunities on the table if you don't ask at the end of your sales process. You led to something that was really interesting in your last answer. And it's why should sales leaders start treating referrals like a predictable revenue stream? Because you kind of mentioned at the end of the ask if it, it worked or it didn't, you know, why should sales leaders see this as an opportunity to add this as another pipeline? Great question. So we, I talk to a lot of sales leaders and oddly enough, the most common objection I get in my own sales process when I'm out there selling warm-up is I'll say, I'll say something to the effect of, uh, you know, 
we'd like to help your sales force ask the customer base for referrals. And the most common objection I hear is, well, they should be doing that anyway. And I always think that that's a really funny objection. I always kind of get a little chuckle about it because I agree and I'm really happy to hear them say that. Uh, but my follow-up question is, you know, do you mind if I ask, uh, do you know how often they're actually asking for referrals? And, and the answer to that is very, very commonly, no, I don't have any idea. So if you don't know how often your sales force is asking for referrals, it's really hold, hard to hold them accountable and you want to hold them accountable to do this thing, you're telling me it's important. So on the front end of things, warm-up is tracking how many referral asks that your sales team is making and because you say that's important to you. Uh, as a result of the masking on the front end, more often, right, they receive more referrals. And as a result, uh, you know, you've got more warm leads kind of going into your pipeline, which is one of the main things you care about. But on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you want to make them better sales reps. You want to hold your team accountable. So uh, as part of holding them accountable, we, what we do as a side effect of that thing, right, is that we make, we make the whole thing uh, predictable for you. Because on a month-by-month, quarter-by-quarter basis, you start to see, okay, every time that we ask, you know, if we ask for 250 referrals and we get promised 60 referrals and then we receive 31 referrals, what we typically see as a team is that we close 10 of those referrals. And we know that our average deal is worth $5,000. So we know that referrals on a quarterly basis should be worth $50,000 to the organization. And if you have top of the funnel pain or you have high cost of customer acquisition or your sales cycles are too long, customer referrals can be used to address all, any of those problems or all of those problems at once because the research shows that customer referrals have the highest close rate of any lead source, which anecdotally we all kind of know is the case, right? Um, of course they do, right? Customer referrals uh, of course, they're going to close faster and be more likely to close. But, and I'd be happy to share that article uh, after after this. Uh, I yeah. think a lot of folks would find it interesting. That article will be on this episode. So, Mike, I am going to stop grilling you with a bunch of questions <laughs> now. Okay. And I want to know more of an offline background or story that's not on warm up, that's not online, that you help the customer or customers um, see the potential with warm up and how that really impacted their business? Uh, my One of my favorite stories is uh, a senior ticket sales rep that I worked with uh, in, in the sports industry. And uh, it, was a, it was a minor league baseball team. And, uh, you know, it's a really, it's a really fun story for me to talk about. Uh, so I, I worked, worked with him one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you know, we quickly loaded in uh, a list of 250 of his accounts that he would... Uh, you know, he would sell his product too, which were ticket uh, tickets for that season for the team. And so we loaded in 250 accounts and he used warm up to quickly ask all of them for referrals. And uh, he received, uh, he was promised 60 referrals and then he received uh, 31 referrals. And then from those 31 referrals, he closed three deals. Uh, so he typically was responsible for generating uh, right around a million in top line revenue for his organization. Uh, and, uh, you know, based on these three deals that he closed uh, and, and the rest of the referrals that he's added to his pipeline, he believes it's going to increase the top line revenue that he generates by somewhere between five to 10% or 50 to $100,000, in other words. So those are really impactful numbers uh, for him. He, he was really excited about all the referrals he received. He kept texting me to say, I can't, this is awesome. I love it. 
you know, I just got five email introductions today, you know, and this is someone who makes a lot of calls and a lot of emails. That's their entire life, right? That's their entire work life. Uh, is they come into the office every day and they're pounding the phones and the emails trying to get these sorts of leads uh, into their pipeline so they can work them. And, you know, here here comes warm-up uh, helping him get 31 of those. So that made me feel really, really good. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a great story, I think, for the organization as a whole because if, one, if you multiply that, those kinds of results across an entire sales team, uh, it can really add up. Uh, and... And, and I love sports in general because it's a high-contact sales environment. It's uh, typically geographically locked. So what I mean by that is if you're selling into a niche, uh, if you're selling a niche product or if you're selling into a marketplace that is kind of geographically limited, you know, you, you commonly have top-of-the-funnel pain, right? And if you make software, if you make a software product, you really want to make a big difference for someone who has uh, a significant amount of pain. Right, because because then you become a need for them instead of just a nice to have. And so for uh, for this individual and for this organization, we warm up was a need to have, and that's uh, that's certainly the the type of situations that we're we're looking for uh, that we want to be involved with. Well, Hurley, thanks for sharing that story. I really really like that where you encompassed where the pain points are. You saw what the pain points are with the tool, and you gave a really great example of someone who was I'm going to use this and seeing how it, you know, seeing if it works and it does work. And when you, when you explained this whole concept of warm up to me, I thought back into marketing and top of funnel. And that's kind of like the hardest, like the hardest acquisition to get is the people top of funnel. Usually when you move, can move them down and nurture them, you pretty much have them in a way locked, but not, you're still nurturing them, but you haven't grabbed their attention yet when you're in top of funnel. And so when you're asking people to vouch that you've already built relationships with, I really like that. I, I think sports is fun too. I just want to throw out one more thing that I think people might think is interesting, uh, especially in sports and entertainment. It's kind of an ego thing, a little bit of a status symbol, right? If you're making a referral, uh, you know, if you're if, if you have a ticket sales rep and you're making referrals for them to your friends and family, it's kind of fun to tell them that you got a gal or a guy that you buy your tickets from, right? Because you're you're kind of communicating like, hey, I I, I can afford to do this thing. And uh, so that's kind of interesting to me. I've always thought that that was kind of uh, interesting, kind of, you know, what are, what are the emotions and the ego, uh, you know, or the sense of pride that goes into referrals? Um, the, the psychology of referrals is not something we have time to go into today, but it, it's really a kind of a fun thing to think about. I think that uh, the concept of asking for customer referrals there's a lot of nuances like that. They're going to be different from one industry to the next. So if you're listening to this and you don't think that, uh, you know, referrals, customer referrals might work in your industry, I would invite you to consider that um, it may not be as complicated as, as you think. And uh, certainly there are some industries where it works better than others. But, um, you know, also if you, if you ask your customers and, and, and they're not willing to provide a referral for one reason or another, that's also another opportunity to talk to them about maybe why, uh, you know, and, and, and so that, that's another thing to consider. So, well, um, now we're moving to the next part of this episode of not just your knowledge, Hurley, but about you. Okay, great. Um, easy so, part. Yeah. We're moving to the easy part here. <laughs> um, so I, I can see your work passion through sales, but 
you know, what's the, what's the deeper meaning of you getting up in the morning and what, what are you trying to like, what are you trying to fix? What are the things that you wake up and are you going to like, you know what, I want to tackle this for that, for that day or, you know, what gets you up? Yeah. Well, of course, like everybody, I love talking about this. I, I think what drives me is I like to be challenged. So, uh, you know, starting any kind of company, uh, seems to be, uh, very, very difficult, right? You have to learn how to talk to, uh, your customers, your employees, and if you have partners or investors, you have to learn to talk to each of those personalities maybe a little differently um, based on their personalities and based on their needs and desires and concerns. And so I think communication with all those different groups uh, is challenging. I think putting together a strategy and a vision and then executing against it, you get to be creative. You get to be strategic. I mean, you and I have talked about this thing before. I... I'm drawn to things that are hard and challenging. Um, you know, there is more stress in my life, uh, and uh, and maybe you know maybe less money right at the beginning where I'm at right now. Uh, you know, when you when you when you first try to get something going, uh, it's really tough. But anyway, so short answer is it's really challenging, uh, it, but it's interesting, and and that's what I really like about it. I like that. And it kind of refers back to uh, Noah Kagan talking about if he still worked at IBM and then with, with Facebook that he went through those challenges and he made the same amount of money. It was just more, it wasn't an even stream of cash flow, but in the end result after seven years, his, his cash flow went exponential and scaled like a hockey stick because he stuck with it and proved. And I see that's where your passion is too, is you want to see that hockey stick one day and saying, okay, now what's, what's my next, what's my next venture. But, um, when you're talking about stress and I can understand this too, of running your own business and being with a few startups and that kind of stuff, what do you do kind of creatively or as a hobby to kind of decompress and, and, and bring back a new perspective back to, uh, to, to warm up? Well, uh, I, I, I will, I will say that I have a couple of, uh, kind of life hacks that are important to me. So I try to go for a run every day. Part of me taking care of myself personally is that I have to get out and exercise. And if I don't do that thing, um, nothing else really helps me deal with the stress, um, more or more effectively than going for a run or going to the gym. So that for me, it's really important that I go, and I work out uh, once a day or, or once every other day at least. Uh, I've also found that um, just constantly reminding myself that, you know, if I'm talking to a prospect that I don't, that I frankly don't uh, maybe necessarily need them, right? And I may, that may sound funny or weird to people, but, um, you know, if you're in sales, it's really important to stay calm and confident. And so you have to kind of have that mental mindset that, you know what, we're going to be okay. Right, like we'd love to have you as a customer, uh, but if you make the decision that you know um, you don't believe we can help you, or, or or this isn't a priority for right now, that's okay because we're going to find other prospects and other customers to work with. So, uh, I have a couple of things like that that I just repeat over and over again in my head every day. And uh, my father, who I love and respect, and was in sales for over forty years, um, you know, he he taught me to to just assume nothing is ever going to close. And a lot of my life right now, uh, I'm out there raising capital and I'm out there doing sales for us. So a lot of my life right now is just selling in some form or fashion. And uh, if you just assume that nothing is going to close, if you just kind of play that mental trick on yourself, 
uh, you will get up every single day and pick up the phone and make more calls and send more emails. So I, I kind of picked that up from him. I'm just a very naturally driven person. And I try to, I guess, balance that with working out and uh, going to sleep at night when I should, which is, which is hard. Which you already <laughs> answered my last question is what do you do health wise? But that's, that is important to go to, to go to bed on a regular basis and wake up on a consistent basis. I mean, that's a big thing. You and I've talked about this. There's just a ton of things that are fun or they're relaxing, but they don't, uh, well, I should say they're fun or they will take your mind off things, but they don't actually help you unwind. So, you know, you have to find those things that help you actually de-stress. And for me, like I said, running or going to the gym uh, is still the only thing that I have found that truly actually helps me do that. Like everything else is just fun. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, I, you know, I, we love, uh, we, you know, my fiance and I, we love watching Netflix and HBO. And so there's a lot of fun things that we do, right? Like, um, but exercising is the only thing that I've, that I have found that really helps deal with the stress. Well, Hurley, I appreciate you talking about <laughs> how you unwind, how you de-stress and everything, your work passion, your creativity of sure. being a constant learner, being, um, motivated, but also seeing, um, you know, finding an actual specific pain point in sales with top of the funnel and actually finding a tool and testing it and actually getting customers before you raised your capital, which I thought was extremely impressive. You bootstrapped this thing, tested it out, figured things out. And, um, I just, I just admire your hustle, man. I appreciate you Thanks. being on this episode. You too. Well, this is a wrap. Check out, um, Mike Hurley's, uh, app or tool warm up and a few other articles about the psychology around referrals. And, um, that's a wrap.